we slow the conscious mind and we let it just have a rest, we can speak to the subconscious, which is always awake, always listening, always aware. Its job is to keep us safe and alive. It controls all of the things you don't have to think about. It's the absolute genius autopilot of the body, sleeping, waking, blinking, breathing, all that stuff is developed in the subconscious. And um, what we do is we just help upgrade it. Sam Collins is a coach and clinical hypnotherapist specialising in performance, growth and development. With over 17 years experience in business and a strong knowledge of how to overcome barriers to success, Sam's approach is holistic and rapid in helping her clients overcome conscious and subconscious blocks and programmes that inhibit their success, progress and freedom. And welcome to the Refreshing Change podcast. My name is Nicola Scott and I will be your host. Sam, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so excited that you're here. Oh, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Excellent. So we're gonna we're gonna just dive right in. Sam and I have known each other for God for six, seven, eight years probably through the business world and I've probably come closer into your world in the last 12 months and worked really closely with you and it's been an absolute blast um, and some of the nuggets and the wisdom that you shared with me I just think will be so valuable for, for the audience listening so we'll just we'll just dive into it but before we start do you want to just give us a bit of a, a background of your own journey and obviously the topic of the whole podcast is around change and you've probably experienced lots of change in your life so I'm sure you'll touch on that but what's life looked like for you in the last in the last couple of decades Sam? I mean um, change has definitely been the strong theme for me um, so I started out actually as a professional makeup artist I worked predominantly in fashion and advertising and um, I got into that straight after my A-level so after I'd finished education I don't know I was possibly similar to most people I just had enough I was had enough of being in that structure of learning of feeling like I had to do what other people told me to do um I just I'd just done um I, I initially I was going to take a year out um so I studied like business and psychology sociology and performing arts which was a very odd choice but <laughs> I don't know I think if I, I thought it was going to be easy so that's why I took it I thought I'd take a year out and then I'll go and um, train in psychology at university. And actually, it was at this point that I got a job in Harvey Nichols in Leeds. And it was actually a refreshing change to what I'd known because it was something totally different. I was earning money, which was great, you know, 18 years old. Um, and I found that working with people in close proximity touching the faces, helping them pick the products that made them feel good was something I was naturally really good at. Um, but the type of person I am, I was always thinking bigger. So I was like, okay, well, it can't be this forever. And the lady that I worked with, she'd been there since having a cousin Leeds had opened, so 12 years or something like that. And I thought, oh, I don't want this. I don't want to be stuck here for 12 years. Like, that's not my future. And then I remember looking at the Mac counter across from, because I was on Yves Saint Laurent, and thinking, oh, they're so cool, I want to be like them, look at them living the best lives, like cool music, cool outfits, great makeup, how can I be more like that? So I decided to go and train professionally 
and I went to the only school at the time that was outside of London that you could train because I was a bit of a home bird so the thought of moving away from the north was too big a concept for me at the time um, so I went to train there for three months and that was amazing intense learning um, and training on how to be a professional makeup artist not just the, the skills that you need but also the business acumen mm. and the networking skills and that type of thing which was in, invaluable really um, and then I left there and did I did all kinds of makeup so prosthetics and a tv fashion everything and it was amazing absolutely amazing um, and actually I then about six years later went back to the school to become one of the tutors there as well because my career had taken off I was doing really well I'd worked on lots of different things um, on tv and fashion campaigns worked predominantly in commercial fashion which I loved because it was all about the concept of bringing something in looking at what people had bought what the fashions were going off at that time looking at what the consumer was going to see and what was going to help them buy um, and little did I know that that would again come back around later on when I went into business coaching, that that whole concept of understanding the psychology of why people buy um, would be, you know, imperative to the skill set that I needed to help people in business. So, so yeah, I, um, so I did that for 15 years, worked in makeup and I did a whole range of things because I have the type of mind that needs a lot of stimulation. So doing the same thing over and over is difficult for me um, I get bored and I tend to look for trouble subconsciously when that <laughs> happens <laughs> I don't know it until I know it and then it's too late so so yes yeah, so I, I traveled the world with it I became a tutor which I absolutely loved um, and I think as a makeup artist you're a little bit like a psychologist anyway because as soon as somebody feels comfortable and you've built up a bit of rapport which can take no time at all they just tell you things um and really where I've got to now in my career I don't I don't think I've kind of given them as much um credit to that period of my life where I was really doing a lot of the training and building relationships with people quickly to get me to where I am today so um I also started a network marketing business well I joined a network marketing business which is obviously where we met and that was amazing again so much groundwork laid in those years personal development became a really big feature for me which when I look back I'd been into personal development really since early teenage years but it amplified during this period mm -hmm. and I remember feeling really proud of myself when you get the reading list of all the books you should read to help you personally develop and I'd read two-thirds of them I was like yes I'm, I'm made for this <laughs> and that was you know that was a great experience working with that network marketing company met some amazing people you know yourself included and um but just eventually felt kind of out of alignment with it and then had already started to build the business coaching business mm. about five years ago and that I loved because I am really good at processing I'm really good at helping people process I'm really good at looking for why things work and why things don't um I know as a, as a tutor in the makeup school, I was really good at that, looking at why can't that girl get that winged eyeliner in that way? And why can she do that? And why can't he do that? And why can he? Um, and I think from a mind perspective, it's just something that I naturally seem to be able to do. And it kind of is interesting, really, because it's taken me back to where I started with the psychology degree and the sociology. Um, so obviously it was meant for me, coaching and helping people develop their minds and the business. 
And then um, 12 months ago, I was prompted to explore hypnotherapy by a friend who I just said to, I feel like I can get clients so far, but there's something else. There's a block there. There's something that's stopping people really go forward. And I don't think it's the coaching. I feel I feel like that the coaching's thorough and it's intimate and it gives you what you need, but there's something else. And I don't like the fact that I feel people can only get so far and I can't help them get any further. Mm. And she said, oh, you need to look at hypnotherapy. And I was so dismissive initially because I have had a lot of hypnotherapy myself. And I just, I don't know, I was just like, oh, no, that's not it. I think I was looking for something big and revolutionary and something completely new and different. Anyway, I ended up going and looking into it. And when I did, I looked back over my life and realised actually I'd had hypnotherapy for multiple different things. I'd witnessed family members having it with huge success. So I thought, okay, I'll go on this course. And obviously this is like post-pandemic, not sat in a room with 15 other people for two years. It was quite a scary concept. Um, overwhelming, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was overwhelming. And I am, you know, not really that type of person. I'm happy to go out and meet people most of the time, but it just amplified how insular we'd become, or mm. I'd become. Um, so, yeah, I started on this course and 12 months on, outstanding achievement on completing it and in the process of learning and developing and growing I feel like I've just found exactly what I'm meant to be doing and helped so many people in that 12-month period change their lives as well by upgrading the mindset so there's been a lot of change um it kind of there's lots of synchronicity but at the same time it's kind of like oh hang on you were a makeup artist one minute and now you're a holistic coach and clinical hypnotherapist oh they don't really seem similar but there is lots of um connections and lots of similarities so that's me I love that I love that thanks for sharing that thanks it is it's so empowering I think to listen to other people's stories and journeys and the, the change that they've made I think the one thing that came out for me when you're explaining all that is the is the knowing yourself and trusting yourself there's lots of times where you could have done other things, but I think that, you know, and we, we talk about this quite a lot, don't we? But like deeply knowing who you really are. And that's one thing that I'm really passionate about in my coaching, because otherwise you end up down a path and look back and think, I've done this because someone else wanted me to do it, or I'm following the societal norm of what I feel like I should be doing. Mm-hmm. But you've definitely yeah. gone, against, gone against the grain in many respects and followed what's true and right for you and, and navigated that with, with grace, I suppose. Oh, thank you. I mean, I think that, you know, often we make decisions out of fear, fear Mm. of not wanting to be something else. And if I'm honest, I actually think that my decision to become a makeup artist was also made out of fear at the time because, you know, my mum was really ill. I'd seen her work very hard and then become ill. So, you know, the success subsided. And my my thing was I am not doing a nine to five. Like I am not living the nine to five. And then I got this nine to five job you know getting on the train every morning to Leeds um just that like that kind of like rat race that clockwork routine and I just I I just hated it and that was the other thing that was really appealing for me having the freedom I think freedom like it's a big thing having the mental freedom the physical freedom and having choice so I don't know if I was necessarily in alignment at the time 
I think I had to go on that journey of being a makeup artist, but that was definitely about freedom because I was so passionate about not doing what everybody else was doing, which was a nine to five. And I'd not seen it have a positive effect on, you know, my mum and the person that nurtured me my whole life, my primary carer. So, um, and then when I got on that concept of, okay, I can create an income kind of on my own back without needing the structure of like a secure salary. I remember my uncle saying to me who, who at the time probably was in his seventies had had an amazing life, always worked for himself. And he just said, you know, if you find a job you love, you'll never work a day in your life. It won't be a job. And I remember going on shoots and TV programs and things and just being like as if I am actually getting paid for this this is amazing you know like this is like me living my best life until it wasn't anymore you know it, I definitely got to a point where I was like I'm done like I've, I've done everything I've ticked every box I remember walking through um one of the big shopping centers up here and the work I'd worked on in a shoot abroad was just plastered all over this billboard and I was like that's that box ticked and it really is like that for me to some degree, like, okay, it's time to move on now. And I think um, that's the thing where I see a lot of people get stuck because they just feel like this is what they should be doing forever. And that's not the case. Like you can, you can be whoever you want to be. You can change and do whatever you want to do, but you've just got to be prepared to sign yourself up for the fact that change is not easy. Yeah, 100%. And I think that... the one thing that I observe with people and almost experience myself is the longer that you've done something, the more habitual and routine it becomes. Almost the harder the change, you know, it takes a lot of courage and bravery to to make that shift and make that change. Um, and you're right, you touched on that. Like I always reflect on on my own journey. I think it would be true of everyone's. Like the 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 dots don't always join when you project forward. But like you're saying that there's a reason you did your makeup artist work and the freelance and learn about business because you've taken that into, you know, whether it's the connection with people or the business acumen, you know, we take all the skills and lessons we learn in every stage of our life into what we're destined to do in the future. So, yeah. yeah. And, and like that. one of the big lessons I learned back then as well was, so you can go to work, working your nine to five, talking about maybe somebody you know a peer who was same age as me at the time and they would go and they'd earn you know so much for the week and I could earn that in a day or two days mm. so I totally scaled my time my effort and I had more choice now there's a downside to that because sometimes if there's no work there's no money um but I just realized really quickly ah, I can amplify and scale my efforts quickly and my goal then became to earn a 12 month salary in six months. So I always had that freedom of choice to do what I wanted to do. And that sounds rosy. It wasn't quite like that because in fashion, you have to be available at certain times of the year. Um, you know, you're risk averse because you don't want to be going on a skiing holiday and breaking a wrist because then you can't work. So there's, you know, it's not like, oh, here's the highlight reel of my life. It was amazing. But it did give me that sense of freedom and choice, which was something that I really desired and craved. And I've been able to take that skill and literally apply it to everything that I do. Um, and I think that that is just in me as a person as well, going back to sort on that counter at Harvey Nichols in Leeds and being like, this is not forever. Um, it's just in me to, to find another way. Mm, I love that. And you said earlier about not necessarily giving yourself the credit for 
for everything that you'd picked up along the way. And I think that that's true. I, I can be guilty of that. You know, you, I think if you sit back and reflect on your life, that you know, we learn everything. You know, we're not born being able to do all of this stuff. So it is, it's, it's giving yourself credit and celebrating the skill set that you're developing. And, and we'll touch on, I'm, I'm definitely going to come back to the hypnosis stuff. So we'll, we'll park that to then we'll come back to it. But I'd mentioned at the beginning, Sam, that you and I have worked quite closely, probably for the last nine, 10, 12 months about that. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm obviously in the, in the coaching space, but I've worked with Sam as a coach. And I, I'm, all, I'm so passionate about coaching. And I always think people need to work with others to, like you say, scale your efforts, go to places that you'll never go by yourself unless you're challenged mm -hmm. and supported in that space. But one of the reasons, I suppose, that I came and did some real intense coaching with you, Sam, was, was exactly what you mentioned earlier, was that block. I just kept, I knew what I needed to do. I was passionate, I'm good at what I do, but I was I was not moving forward. And I just kept repeating this, I suppose, cycle. So that's mm. probably, that's why I, why we, we've kind of started working together and then it's evolved over the time. But in terms of people are listening to this and thinking like, what is a block? What on earth are they on about? Like, how would you describe it? And what, you know, what, where do they come from? What, you know, why does that happen for us? Yeah, so, um... I feel like there's like definitely two types of people when it comes to blocks. There's those that don't know that they don't know. They don't know that they've got a block. They just carry about their life and, you know, they just accept it is what it is. So they might have a fear of something and they just accept that's how it is. Um, while blocks were not always and not always meant to be obvious to us because they're there for a reason, you know, there's a benefit to the blocks. And then there's a type of person that kind of, knows that they don't know they don't know that this feels right or wrong but something doesn't sit right and they're generally kind of experiencing conflict and those are the women that I tend to work with and men but you know predominantly women um so these people might be striving for something and this is what I see over and over and over predominantly in business and in any type of performance where you need to kind of go up a level uh, where they will go right this is the goal they'll set the goal and they're like dead set that they are going to achieve that goal and then next thing they're doing different action they're like procrastinating they're tidying out the sock drawer they are watching like box sets till they come out of their ears and they've made every single excuse possible as to why they're not taking action. And they're looking for everything outside of them as to why, oh, the dog ate my homework. Oh, the kids are sick. Oh, I didn't sleep well last night. Oh, it's a full moon, blah, 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 whatever. That's why they're not taking action. I would immediately think there's a block. Okay, so that's where I'd start to dig. So it's like you have this strong desire for more, but yet you cannot get there no matter what you do. And I saw this the most in network marketing, actually, because the, one of the most amazing things about network marketing is the amount of free training that you get. Mm. And to me, this is like giving somebody the golden nugget to success, all this knowledge, all this space to apply it. And you've already basically said, yeah, I'm in because you've made the commitment to join the business. And then only 1% of people succeed. And as I like kind of developed, developed in that career, I saw that the people who were the 1% were no different to me. I think what, what we tend to do is we project out, oh, they're better than me. I'm not one of those people. You know, um, she's had this, she's had that. We again, find excuses as to why we don't achieve what they achieve. 
I honestly believe that if you have um, a strong desire, you're, you're willing to learn and you're willing to apply yourself, you can achieve whatever you want. Um, I'm not maybe saying you can be the world's fastest man, but you know, there might be some physical attributes you need, but as a general rule for most things, I think most of us can apply ourselves to be good. Definitely to bring that 1% down to maybe five to 10%, sure. And I think there's so many people sat kind of the top end of the people that don't really get where they want to go, who have got all the attributes. And I was like, why are they not making what they want to be making? Why are they not achieving what they want to be achieving? And when I looked into it and I did my own journey, it was hands down a subconscious block. So what a block is, is a, a conflict. It's a feeling of, I want this, but yeah, I feel like this. And no matter what I do, I come back around in this perpetual cycle and I can't get there. That is how I explain a block. Amazing. And it, it is so true. And that's exactly why I came in and did some coaching with you, Sam, wasn't it? Because exactly what you just described is what I was experiencing. And a lot of mine was procrastination, you know, spending all day on the laptop and not really making any progress. I was definitely the Netflixer. I can be very guilty <laughs> of, uh, of, of turning through a box set pretty quickly. Um, so I knew there was something wrong, but it take, I suppose like you, you said that anyone can achieve anything, but it takes work, doesn't it? I've had to dive deep to figure out what that what that was. And I loved what you'd said before when we'd worked together, like procrastination is, is normally a symptom of something. We always think like, oh, I just procrastinate, or, or people label themselves, I'm a procrastinator. And just accept that as their identity whereas actually mm. it's a symptom to some sort of fear-based emotion or thinking that, that's that's stopping us um, yeah absolutely I think um you know people take those labels and think that that's who they are when actually mm. it's generally just a behavior they display that is like exactly as you've said a symptom of something else that anxiety is another one you know I hear I'm just a worrier I'm just this as if that's actually who they are but actually no that's a symptom again of something else and you can root we can root that out and get rid of it you know you don't have to live in that place of stress and which is what it is mm, yeah I love that and I, it was just it was when we were working together as well and I, I know you're a big fan of his as well but I watched the Gabor Mate I don't know how many times I've recommended it to people but the wisdom of trauma documentary was an absolute yeah. pivotal moment for me as well just to understand what trauma is you know we talk a lot about like you just said about that subconscious programming um and would, would it be fair to say I suppose it's my assumption Sam but would, would it be fair to say that you know that is a lot in a lot of cases developed in people's early years you know it's our formative years as we're growing I mean, and evolving would you say yeah I think trauma is trauma is just a massive category because trauma is how you experience something and how it how it affects you Mm. um and you can have trauma at any age you know so I don't think it's particularly that it's just a, a formative years thing mm. um my experience of how I help unlock that trauma and, and reframe it generally does tend to be from the teenage years downwards predominantly nine downwards eight downwards um but you might have a traumatic event at any point in your life mm. so it just depends yeah. on and I think the most interesting thing is when you get into it is what people think their trauma is and what it actually is to the mind are two different things. Mm. Um, and that's a very revealing 
freeing process that we go through in coaching and hypno. Um, so yeah, I think trauma is it's just a perception as well, you know, mm. just a perception. But it then resonates as a feeling, and that feeling then normally um, creates a behaviour, and it's that behaviour that then becomes what you think is your personality. Um, so it might be just I always look on the you know the the negative side of life. Well, why? Well, because I just do. That way, I'm not disappointed. Oh, okay. And where did that disappointment come from? You know, people don't ask the next question. They stop and they accept this is how it is. And that's what I love about the style of coaching I do and the hypnotherapy as the tool to help us shift that belief system is that that is normally a conditioned behavior you've become used to, which you accept as your personality, but actually it's not. And when you peel back those layers, you start to find out who you really are. And that's amazing. Oh, it's so powerful. I love that. I, I, I was speaking on another podcast with another friend about um, the power of why. And it's the same sort of thing. You know, a lot of people will set their goals or visions or desires on this is what I want without asking themselves the question of why they really want it. And it's not always the first why. It's like the seventh or eighth why, isn't it? It's getting to exactly like you say about knowing yourself. So I suppose it's just... I suppose for people listen getting curious and asking yourself the questions isn't going yeah. deeper and that is the power of coaching isn't it is being supported to go to a deeper level than you'd ever go yeah. by yourself but just un- uncovering that and gaining that insight and awareness of yourself is so yeah. freeing isn't it absolutely and I think the thing is with having a coach is you often cast well you cannot see your own blind spots mm. you know so this is why coaches have coaches have coaches because you know, yeah. if you want to grow and develop in some way, talk to somebody who is good at asking questions, who is inquisitive, who is curious, who is going to help you uncover the things that are actually probably sabotaging your own success or stopping you from moving forward. You're either stuck, stagnant or you're in sabotage. And if you're doing either of those things right now, find somebody else who can propel you forward. Um, and like, that's why I just am so passionate about coaching. You know, I just think as well. <laughs> in life you would not get in a car without having a driving instructor because you don't know what to do but yet we are here as humans on this planet with very little training on how to be the best version of us and a coach is kind of like that it's kind of your driving instructor to help you optimize your behavior your mindset your energy levels your happiness all that stuff in the best possible way and it's revealing because it reveals how you've been behaving and how that maybe doesn't support where you want to go. And it just creates clarity as well on what you actually want, which most people do not know what they actually want. They think they know some of the time because they think it's what they see, the consumerism, the cars, the house, the holidays, all that stuff. But most of us all want the same thing. And that's just to be happy, content and peaceful. And when you get to that state of freedom mentally and you kind of, um, operate on a higher frequency the consumerism is not a thing anymore it's just not a big deal to you you know you're like yeah I can have that stuff if I want but equally I'm really happy just chilling at home with a book or meeting some friends for a coffee you know like just the peace is so much easier to achieve mm, yeah I know when we when we work together as well I I redid my vision board and for anyone who doesn't if you're listening don't haven't come across vision boards but effectively it's just I suppose projecting in terms of what you truly desire and I fell into that category of I've been um 
surrounded by a group of people that had all wanted this one thing and I just gone crowd mentality and was like oh I must want that as well and then it's when you take a step back like, but why do I want it what what's driving that that thought or that vision and then you do think I'm actually I wouldn't change my happiness levels and actually I don't need that maybe this is more important and you do start to reevaluate, and then I suppose the the effort and action you take is far more intentional it's far more aligned and there's almost like a sense of kind of stepping into your own power a little bit because there's a confidence in I really know who I am I really know what I want no one's going to shift that for me I might compromise if people come into my life at different points whether that's friends family relationships I kind of know where I'm going and that is it speaks to who I really am kind of thing yeah 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 I, get I love it I love it <laughs> right coming back to the hypnosis because I'm fascinated I have some, had some hypnosis sessions with you Sam and it was one of the most surreal probably but like enlightening and just, I can't it's really hard to describe actually but I've said to a couple of people like this was a game changer for me mm-hmm. um and I hadn't done much kind of inner child work, but I went right back to being a seven-year-old in this situation. And I'm happy. We'll keep, I'm happy if you want to chat about it on, you know, during the conversation. But it tells more about hypnosis. Like, how does it actually work? What are the benefits? I think a lot of people, when I say oh, I've had hypnosis, people think it's that whole click your fingers and you fall asleep type of vibe. And it mm. that was not my experience. So, do you want to share? Yeah, of course. So hypnosis has um been around for years and years and years like a long long time um and actually back before they brought in general anesthetic and that type of thing it was positioned that hypnosis would have been the medicine that the mind would have been um developed with hypnosis opposed to drugs but it didn't go down that path and hypnosis was kind of disregarded to a degree so it is what we call a holistic a holistic treatment um we don't really know how it works in all honesty and it baffles me every time i've got to be honest it's absolute pure magic i know what i'm doing in a session i know how to move people forward because i am really good at understanding the unconscious mind but it's like an iceberg is the mind the conscious mind is everything above the water and the subconscious is everything below there's no possible way to know everything about it and I am very much one of these people that do I need to know it like if I can just sort the problem out I don't need to absorb information that's not really going to serve me going forward but hypnosis is not dancing around on stage like a chicken that's stage hypnosis it's entertainment it's a thing it is an absolute thing there's party tricks that we can all implement based on what we know about the mind and if you've ever been to see Devin Brown he is absolute king of it he's amazing um very it's all about suggestion in hypnosis it's all about upgrading the the, what the mind currently sees to be true um and so what we do is we just pop you in a lovely state of relaxation which some people think is like meditation but it's not it's trans it's much deeper well actually we don't put you in that you put yourself in that and you do it already many times a day um watch little kids are sub five they are in a state of hypnosis in terms of the brainwaves being slowed constantly um as adults it happens to us hundreds of times a day and the classic one i don't know if you ever have this i literally have it every single time i get in the car i call it highway hypnosis as you're driving yeah. along you get somewhere and you're like how do you even get here you're conscious but you're not 
Mm. My kids talk to me in the car and I just, I cannot absorb a single word they say because I'm just straight away in that highway hypnosis. Um, so you can put yourself in self-hypnosis, um, but what's great about it is, first of all, the relaxed state, like who does not want to be in that state more often? Yeah. So, so just from a relaxation perspective, if the only thing you had hypnosis for was relaxation, you will 100% benefit. But as we slow the conscious mind and we let it just have a rest, we can speak to the subconscious, which is always awake, always listening, always aware. Its job is to keep us safe and alive. It controls all of the things you'd have to think about. It's the absolute genius autopilot of the body, sleeping, waking, blinking, breathing, all that stuff is developed with the subconscious. And um, what we do is we just help upgrade it. We give it suggestions, we talk to it, we change how it, what it believes to be true. Now the subconscious always says yes. So whether it's a, yes, this is traumatic, yes, this is dangerous, or yes, this is the path that we're gonna take now, it will say yes. The resistance comes when it doesn't feel that it's a positive upgrade and it will upgrade in its own time. But the hypnosis helps that process speed up and, in, and encourages it. Um, and for me, it's just been a game changer for clients, an absolute game changer. You know, what I feel with, with hypnosis is where it stems differently from therapy is with therapy, you, you're following psychodynamic models normally. You are, it's helpful 100% and it's a lot about the conscious stuff, what the current conscious mind sees, brilliant for awareness, brilliant for um, being an observer of your behavior and implementing new ones. And we need conscious behaviors, that is very important. But with hypnosis, what we do is, it allows us to upgrade the brain from the subconscious section so it's easier to implement the conscious behaviors. That's what it makes it. It's very important that it's understood hypnosis is not a magic bullet. There is not one treatment on this planet, not one thing that will change everything. And the people that we see tend to have lots of treatments for the same problem are looking for that magic bullet, when actually it's a multi-pronged approach. And my ethos as a coach and as a therapist is to help the two minds, the conscious and the subconscious calm, get on board so they're working in harmony so that we can open the superconscious. And the superconscious is that state of flow. It's where we have that all-knowing knowledge where we can just say and do, where things come easily, where we manifest and attract. Um, and it's just a state of joy and happiness. It's just a high frequency state. We can't get into high frequency when we're consciously spinning cycles on, well, she's made me mad and I've got no patience and this and that and the other. And subconsciously, if the program says this is not safe, then we can't do that either. You know, So we get those two states in a nice, beautifully relaxed harmonious place together and it opens up the superconscious which just makes life so much easier love it oh i'm like obsessed after doing the work with you i'm obsessed about how the, how the main the mind and the brain works you mentioned like holistic quite a few times sam i think that like it is a bit like a I hate this I hate using cliched analogies but the whole you know you don't bake a cake and miss out a major ingredient because then you're not going to make a cake and it is a bit like that isn't it you know you whether it's your you know how your mind's working how your body's functioning how you're feeling yourself how you're you know it's it's everything in life 
that's going to support us get to a kind of peak state, isn't it? And peak state for everyone is different. Absolutely. And what, yeah. what success looks like for everyone is very different. But if it comes back to that joy and happiness, you know, we're not a single functioning machine, are we? Where there's so many dimensions to us. And I love that description of your subconscious and conscious mind in harmony to open up that super conscious. I just, yeah, love it. Yeah, that you know, you've got to be working in harmony. Um, and I believe in multiple modalities. You know, I don't think that it's just about just having one coach that works on one thing and and that's it. I think you've got to you've got to be aware that the body is energy, we are energy, the mind is energy. The physical, how the brain physically works, the brain is an organ, the mind is different. Um, energy breath work for clearing energy, stagnant energy in the body, you know, exercise, moving your body nutritionally dense food um listening to the right types of music like watching the right types of things on telly just using multiple ways to expose yourself to be the best being the best feeling that you can be and like you say shifting your state and that is definitely different for everybody some people you know are morning people and they want to be up and at it and some people like you Nicola are not (laughs) and that's okay you know (laughs) And you're yeah. just going to find what works best for you. There's not a one size fits all and there's not a magic bullet. You know, it's about you exploring and observing yourself to see how you can help yourself get into that state that you want to be in. Um, and it's knowing that, you know, we are responsible, 100% responsible for everything that we do, everything that happens to us, every choice that we make. And if we can take full responsibility for our actions, our thoughts, our behaviours, it's so freeing because it allows us to make a better choice next time if that didn't work this time. Mm, yeah. And it is, it's the, um, I went, I run this morning before we've recorded this because I knew I wanted to shift my energy and, and raise my vibration. Um, but it does take a bit of trial and error, doesn't it? You know, we've both been at this for a number of years and I definitely have trialed and errored loads of different um, practices and fallen in love with some, find some harder, but you know some are my go-to some I might bring out once a month if I need a bit of a boost but it's it's having the patience and the self-awareness to figure out what you enjoy and what is beneficial because I, I often see people and I don't know if this might resonate with you as well Sam I see a lot of people in the personal development space repeat the same practices day in day out and it's all about consistency and they're not making any progress and it probably comes back to the block stuff we've already spoken about um but they're forcing themselves and they're you know it's, it becomes a chore and then the love for it disappears and I just think like I'm not here I don't have time in my life to be doing stuff that I don't enjoy and I don't love to do yeah sometimes it's hard we have to push ourselves to go for the run or we have to push ourselves to get up a bit earlier but but I've definitely that's one thing I've learned from you is is finding the flow but sometimes if you're not feeling it that's also equally as okay and I'm big on choices and decisions and I keep saying to people now like sometimes the the right choice you make for yourself today is not going to be the right choice for you tomorrow it just depends on especially as women where we are in our cycle what the what the moon's doing you know like there's the world is complex and sometimes we over you know complicate it and we can bring simplify it down to you know just listening to ourselves and observing um but I love that you mentioned um, and I'm just going to touch on this but you mentioned about nutritionally dense food and I know we've both we've had conversations before haven't we around diet and how we feel our bodies and we've both had our own I suppose health journey would you say like we've, mm-hmm. we've had, a, have yeah. a, had 
had similar things that we've both worked on. I know with your hypnosis stuff, Sam, there's a bit, there's a kind of, um, or talk to me about slim thinking, like what does the, where are you going with that in terms of the hypnosis and the nutrition and helping people with weight management? I know that's an area that you've just kind of started in your business. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really passionate about this actually, because I, when you look at the world right now, I don't know if it's my reticular activating system, but I just see this everywhere I go. You know, we've got this absolute crisis of obesity, worse than we've ever known it, you know, and especially in children, which is heartbreaking really. Um, We've got a booming, and I mean booming, wellness industry. Mm. But yet we've got more unhealthy, unfit people than we've ever had. Um, And again, just looking at it from like distance, where are the dots and why aren't they lining up here? You know, what is it? What's the missing link? Um, When you do research on diets, it comes out that up to 98% of diets don't work. Um, And for me, the inspiration came from to look at weight control. Actually, to be honest, the thing that actually made me do the hypnosis in the first place after I'd done my research and everything was the fact that you can help people with weight management. That That was it because... For me, watching my mother, um, all of her life be on a diet, literally all of her life. She's the most disciplined, focused, determined person you'll ever meet in your life. She will never quit on herself and she'll never cheat until she gets off the wagon. And then once she's off the wagon, all hell breaks loose. And she's back on the wagon, heavier than she was when she got off it. And that perpetual cycle has just gone and gone and gone and gone. And I was just like, how can you have somebody who's so determined to be a certain way and then go back to this, you know, behavior. And some people will say, oh, that's just habit. It's just a habit. But no, if you, to create a new habit, it's 40 days. Okay. She has definitely been on a diet for longer than 40 days straight. And that new habit is not set in. Yeah. If you break the habit in 40 days, you have to go back to day one. That is true. Um, But this woman is committed. She is committed to being slim and still is back in the same pattern. So for me, only had to be about the mind. Now, the key to this is with slim thinking is it's not a magic bullet, like I say. You know, it's it takes conscious work. It takes subconscious work. It takes moving your body. It takes a desire and a commitment to be different. And I've tested the program on many people and the people that want it the most, who are committed, like in anything in life, will yeah. get the results. They absolutely will. But it's about changing the relationship you have with food. That's what it's predominantly about. Um, so my mum went to Weight Watchers at 16 and they said to her, you know, any food that you eat, she'd forgotten this actually, but any food that you eat that you don't want, you're wasting it in your body. You might as well put it in a waste bin, in the bin, because you're wasting it in your body. You're consuming calories you don't need. Um, and so she always taught us, me and my brother, stop when you're full. Just stop when you're full. And I don't think she realises that she taught us that, but she just never wanted us to be overweight because she was an overweight child and she was bullied and it was just, you know, torment for her. So again, the dots started lining up for me and I was like, oh, so this could be the game changer for people in changing the relationship that they have with food because those subconscious blocks, okay, they're coming in thick and fast for most people. They want to be a certain way, but they kind of half accept that they're not going to get there because the sabotage comes in subconsciously or they don't know how to change it it's too hard restriction is hard you know all the things that are out there with the temptations and everything you know sugar's everywhere 
alcohol's everywhere and they're big corruptions of success in terms of weight control and weight reduction. Um, so what could it be? So when I looked into it and I really like took some time talking to people and doing research and figuring out, you know, what's going on for them in their minds, it seemed to me that it went right back to babies. Mm. So that we are taught from a very young age to override our natural ability to control our appetite. And, you know, guilty as a mother with two little kids, my anxiety, which I'm talking about low level anxiety. I'm not talking about, you know, panic attacks and that type of thing, but that kind of overriding feeling of, oh God, he'll be hungry. Oh, he hasn't had enough to eat. Oh, he needs to eat more. That came in, you know, I'm talking spoon to the lips age, which yeah. is six months, probably beforehand with the milk as well breast or bottle we do it you know oh he's crying give him some milk no he's not crying because he wants something to eat yet yeah we've we've misread misread a sign and we over overfeed um or classically fill the tummies up and then they'll sleep all night was something else i heard so we go back into that place we go to that place where we've taught the kids this but then their brain and their body connects to that connects to that and what it's i see is an emotional response to food constantly so that's one thing the second thing is the bribery if you eat all yeah. this you can have this you know yeah. okay i'm gonna eat all that potatoes i can have some sugar because sugar's amazing and it's highly addictive and it disrupts the blood sugar so we crave more of it and off we go um and then the other area is the programming so eat everything on your plate you mustn't waste anything you're not leaving this table till you've eaten everything on your plate um and it's those programs, they're actually really easy to upgrade. Another one, a classic one is, and this is an international one as well, which I work with lots of international clients. So it always amazes me when a, a program like this is just set no matter what your country is. Uh, money doesn't grow on trees. You know, money doesn't grow on trees. Therefore, there is not enough. The brain hears there is not enough. You cannot have, you do not deserve to receive because this is not enough. You also get the one, when I, and I was thinking of this thing you said about bravery, and I've got a lot of friends with young kids, but it's the, and actually as adults, we do it as well, but I think it comes from, from childhood, is the, the reward process as well. You know, I see a lot of potty training. Oh, you've oh, gone yeah. to the potty, here's a chocolate button. So it's like, you know, and we then wonder as adults, why on a Friday oh. night we're like, oh, we've had a great <laughs> week, we'll grab a bottle of wine or we'll grab a tub of ice cream. And then, exactly. And the reverse is true as well. Oh, I've had a really crap week. I'm going to treat myself. So the treat and reward bit, I see a lot with, with I suppose, diet or emotional eating. Um, absolutely, absolutely. And, and we do it. Don't even don't even know it's there. Aren't even aware um, of it. No, we do it unconsciously. I was just going to say exactly that. We do it yeah. unconsciously, and we just repeat what we've heard. You know, we're, we're quite simple as humans. We do repeat what we've heard. We repeat behaviours that we've seen you know perpetual patterns that's why generation after generation after generation you'll see the same problems bleeding through or the same positive behaviors as well it's not always a negative thing and um, so we've we've some thinking i've created a program where we upgrade the brain we move the programs whatever they are that aren't supportive of the and conducive to the result that you want and we're having great success i mean my mother in particular is definitely taking a different approach to food and dieting and actually the thing is with food is that it's everywhere all of the time you know and it was never like this at one point we didn't have the abundance of food that we have the law of concentrated attention is what you put in front of you you will accept and so what you focus on you create 
if it's always food there, you're always going to you know, be in that pattern. So it's hard to restrict what you are always seeing. Um, and we are habitual creatures. We like to do what the tribe's doing. We like to do what everybody else is doing. So this is why I say it's not a magic bullet. You're not going to lose weight in like a week. Um, you're not going to change the pattern straight away either because you have to consciously be prepared to do different things. But one of um, a, a really great success, I mean, we've, we've had clients come in and they've lost, you know, pounds and pounds and pounds, lost centimetres around the body. Those things are just tangible results. What it is for me is when they say, ah, oh, I just stopped eating that because I've had enough. Or I just decided I didn't want to have a drink tonight. Um, instead of doing something perpetually, they've actually gone, no, that's not for me anymore. Or they've gone, yeah, I realise now, like I've been eating way past satiation and I was just stuffed I felt horrible or I was eating that ice cream so fast and then I felt guilty afterwards because I shouldn't have been eating it in the first place but whereas now I've changed my mindset I can eat it slowly enjoy every mouthful and feel great afterwards so it's just bringing that relationship into more harmony and listening to the body more um, and tuning into what works and what doesn't also there can be things in the subconscious that prevent us from achieving what we want and we bottom that out as well because often that's a subconscious program that's could be connected to I'm not good enough I don't deserve it's not safe for me to be thin or slim or my ideal weight um so so yeah that's what that's what the program looks like really it's um bespoke at the moment we're just creating a group program um and something that's a little bit more easier for people to just do on their own if they want as well but because I'm all about the results I am really tentative about just creating that right now making sure that it does work because I think that it's I think it's the missing link and it is reported that lots of high profile people celebrities have used hypnosis as a tool to help them along with eating well you know reducing your consumption and moving your body more which are very very important so it's not a fast thing, it, it, yeah. you know, it's not like a fast acting thing. It does say, I do say it's fast and effective because it's way faster than you're doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. But the client I was just going to tell you about, actually, she said to me on her third session, I've thrown out all of the cookbooks that have got the word diet in them. And I said, mm-hmm. that's amazing. She was like, yeah, because it's just reinforcing restriction and that's not what this is about. And I was like, exactly. It's a subliminal thing all the time that we're getting these messages to the brain and what it is what that word means to you as well and for most people it does mean restriction so this helps you to remove the restriction so that you can live and do as you please but it's also about taking responsibility and making a positive choice and making smart choices on your nutrition and moving your body you know the thing is with weight loss weight control it's not rocket science it's really not it's not complicated you know, it's really simple. It is about putting less in and moving your body more. But I think where it becomes bespoke is what do you want to put in the tank? How much do you want to move? And what is the program in the brain that's corrupting your success? Mm. And that's what we're trying to tackle. Yeah, I love it. It's that corrupting success, isn't it? Because like like we've said throughout the whole conversation, you know, we, we as humans can go and achieve anything we want whether that is weight loss or weight management whether that's changing career whether that's going after your you know your dreams but it's that corruption that happens in our mind often that stops us you know we can take all the action 
but if it's the wrong action or if it's not um you don't have the belief system to move through things you know it doesn't matter what it is in life it's the mind isn't it that, that can hold us yeah. back so often yeah. so it's like and you'll see this as well it's like it's a missing piece of people's jigsaw you know you could be moving forward um and it's like that glass ceiling you know like if you put like a limit on your own success or you're not moving or you're stuck or you make success and then fall down and you keep repeating the cycle it's all of that stuff is all you know it all comes back to our mind isn't it which um which yeah is amazing power of the Um, mind it is you know but but it's not what we see in the kind of self-development positivity world it's not mm. just like good vibes only it's not just like you know what you can't change blah 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 blah. whatever the quotes are I've kind of erased them from my mind now I used to love yeah. them and follow them all <laughs> Snap, you know me too. yeah the power of the mind is about you understanding you why mm. you do what you do where it's fueled from is it helpful is it supportive if it isn't can you change it of course you can change it but you've got to take the right action get the right modalities in place get the right people around you to help you go for it um and that's that's it you know that that is what that is it basically it's simple it is simple it's not easy and there's a difference between simple and easy and people get confused about that it's simple but it's not easy but it's worth it oh so worth it and you're right it's Mm -hmm. not I'm like you know we've spoken about this before but it's calling out some of the generic stuff that's floating quite a uh, loud or, or circulating loudly in the personal development space th- that genetic stuff doesn't work because our minds are all different our what we've experienced through life is different how we've you know been nurtured and nourished as a youngster is all different every life experience we've had is different so no one's mind is the same is it so it is about you know parking some of that genetic stuff if you if you keep absorbing it if it's not helping you move forward there's a reason you need to go and get more specific and more clear on on your own on your own stuff don't you yeah definitely yeah yeah sam thank you so much i'm conscious of your time thank you so much for sharing that there's loads in there people might have to go back and re-listen to some of the golden nuggets but thank you so much for your time where can people find you i'll I'll pop some some notes but where can people find you if they want to follow your work sam so you can come and see me at slickthinking.com you can have a little read about us on the website there and what i do um you can see the coaching program on there you can see the hypnosis stuff as well um catch me at at slickthinking underscore on instagram or sam collins on facebook there was just one thing i wanted to just touch on before we finished as well if that's okay go for it Um, so one of the things that you know you'd said to me before was what's kind of the most common themes that you work on with people Mm. and um I I do work on all different kinds of issues I don't tend to do general hypnosis but I I can and I'm willing to if people want that but what I work on is where you feel that you're at right now in your life if you want to make changes you want to get somewhere and you've tried stuff already and you haven't got there that's kind of that's my zone of genius like going hang on I'll let me find out what the root cause is for you let's shift it quickly effectively over a you know a period of time and get you to where you want to go a client said to me yesterday it's almost like you're doing a full refurbishment on my subconscious Mm -hmm. which really made me laugh because it was like yeah you've arranged the furniture a certain way and I'm just going to come in and like change that up a little bit and make it more helpful for you but it's success it's confidence it's money it's growth, it's performance. So my key areas being performance, 
I actually am starting to work in fertility as well, helping people with fertility because mm. subconscious blocks can be preventing that because the mind and body is intrinsically linked. So fertility is one. Performance fertility, um, relationship with food, and then growth. So those things, if you want any of those things and you feel like you're not getting them, feel free, just come out, send me a DM, reach out and let's have a chat. It might be for you, it might not, but just be open to whatever can help you move forward in your life and know that you can be and do whatever you want. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed that episode and make sure you subscribe and follow the podcast so that next week you can join us again.